1: Welcome to the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. We're going to do a couple things here today on the show. I have an interview for you that I did with uh, Jimmy Morris of SB Nation's Music City Miracles, the site that covers Sunday's opponent, the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to, uh, to play that for you a little bit later. But before we do that, I thought that I'd do something a little bit different here for this uh, Friday show, something I may do a little bit more often. On Saturdays on our website at BigBlueView.com, I always do a Big Blue View mailbag, take uh, questions via email, sometimes via Twitter, and answer them to to the best of my ability. Thought what I would do here today is uh, answer some questions from our Facebook followers to, uh, to give our, our Facebook brethren, our Facebook friends a chance to, uh, to participate. Sometimes, uh, we, we forget about our folks over on Facebook. So today we're going to, uh, we're going to try to answer some, some questions on Facebook, uh, or from our Facebook followers before we, uh, before we get to the interview I did with Jimmy Morris. So what I'm going to do here as we go along is I'm going to read some questions, answer them the best I can. All right, let's get started here on our Facebook page. Joanne Pagano wants to know, will we see stronger coaching leadership and quarterback protection in the new season? Joanne, let's, uh, let's take both ends of that question. When Joe judge was hired, the judge pretty much, uh, he won the press conference he won the interview he he sounded great he sounded like the the next Bill Belichick the next Vince Lombardi he sounded like like a guy that was the perfect choice but in retrospect the the thing about the Joe Judge era is first of all Judge was a very young head coach and Judge hired a staff that when when he first hired this staff we were kind of impressed by it, but in retrospect, it was a mistake. What Judge did was he hired a lot of college coaches. He hired a lot of people he had worked with previously. He brought in uh, a couple of friends. He brought in people like Derek Dooley. He brought in people uh, from from places where, uh, where he had worked previously. He brought in Burton Burns who was a, a 65, 66-year-old man at the time to coach running backs, guy who hadn't been a coach for about three years and had never coached in the NFL. And that was the biggest issue with a lot of judges' coaches was really that they were college coaches without NFL experience. What Brian Dable has done is hired a very experienced veteran NFL ready NFL caliber NFL tested coaching staff from top to bottom. There's very few coaches, very few position coaches on this staff who do not have NFL experience. Dable has 25 years of NFL experience, although this is his first time as a head coach. He has 25 years in the league. So, or at least probably 20 years in the league 25 years as a coach, but, uh, this is an experienced coaching staff that knows what it's doing. And I think some of those things have already shown up. I think some of that stuff will, will show up throughout the season. So I'm optimistic about this coaching staff as for quarterback protection, you've got Andrew Thomas, you've got the number seven overall pick in Evan Neal, the Giants signed Mark Lewinsky and John Feliciano in free agency added Joshua Azudu in the third round. They've continued to add veteran free agents for depth via free agency and waiver claims. I think that this offensive line is not going to be a finished product, but I do believe that it will be better in 2022 than it was in 2021 or in, or at any time in, in recent memory, to be honest with you, I think that the, uh, especially with bookend young offensive tackles to build around, I think the offensive line is going in the right direction. All right, let's move to another question. Daniel Badillo asks, Obviously the Giants are strapped on cash, but depth is still pretty bad. Do you think GM Joe Schoen might make a small trade or two to acquire depth at spots like cornerback and offensive line, maybe late round picks? Daniel I think uh the I think that that GM Joe Shane has already made his moves in those spots and they weren't via trade. Shane made a lot of waiver claims, picked up two offensive linemen, he picked up a couple of cornerbacks, he picked up a couple of of safeties for depth purposes via waiver claims and free agency veteran safety Tony Jefferson uh safety um, Jason Pinnick from the Jets, who was waived, Justin Lane at cornerback, Nick McLeod at cornerback, Jack Anderson and Tyree Phillips via waivers to uh, to bolster the offensive line. The Giants don't want to be in the business of giving up draft picks if they can help it. So what what Shane did here was to uh, to use the waiver wire, use the fact that the Giants were number five overall in the waiver order, to supplement this roster the best that he can. I think those are th- the moves that you were looking for. I think they've already been made. All right, Gene Vogel wants to know what accounts for the large salary cap surplus the Giants will have in 2023. I know that they have restructured Leonard Williams, but they but they will still have some money to spend. Yes, Gene, the Giants will have money to spend right now. The Giants have the second most money in terms of cap space estimated in 2023, maybe the third most uh, if you look at a, a projected $225 million cap. Right now, the Giants are projected at a little bit more than $55 million in cap space Bears and Patriots look to have a little bit more than that. And, and that number is obviously going to change quite a bit between now and then. But one of the one of the reasons for, for that is Daniel Jones' contract is coming off the books. Saquon Barkley's contract is coming off the books. The uh one of the things that that Joe Shane did this past off season was a lot of the veteran players he signed. With the exception of starting offensive guard Mark Glowinski, most of the players he signed were on one-year veteran salary benefit deals, which gave them the maximum amount of money for one year that that Shane could pay them. But these are all one-year contracts, John Feliciano, for example, that are going to come off the books. Sterling Shepard's a one-year deal that's going to come off the books, a lot of players that that were brought in are one year contract guys who are going to come off the books after the 2022 season. And and another reason is that even a couple of years ago when when Dave Gettleman made uh, so many of his uh, of his free agent signings, a lot of those contracts he didn't sign players to to massively long 5-year deals now you know, maybe some of those contracts weren't great in the short term, but he didn't sign guys to massive four, five, six-year deals. He signed guys to three year deals for the most part. Kenny Galladay obviously being an exception. But a lot of those contracts are coming off the books. And, and that's a big part of the reason why the Giants are going to have some money as well, in addition to to the work that that Joe Shane did we'll have to see what the giants do with that money obviously you've got decisions to make on barkley on daniel jones and and probably some other players but uh the giants will have some money to spend i would not expect them to go crazy in free agency but they won't have to they won't be looking at a situation where they have to cut guys simply for cap purposes and not for football purposes like what happened with uh, with James Bradbury. All right, Alexander Arellano wants to know, have we been in contact with OG, OBJ, and if not, is there interest in giving him a call? Alexander, there is absolutely zero interest from me. Uh, I cannot imagine, to be honest with you, that there's any interest from Odell Beckham in returning to the New York Giants. Odell Beckham's at a point in his career where he's had a couple of major injuries. He can see his football mortality. He is going to sign with a team that he knows is going to be a playoff contender, that he knows is going to give him a chance to go back to the Super Bowl and win again. He is not going to sign up for a rebuild with the Giants or anyone else, to be honest with you. I can't see the Giants doing this. I can't see them. And no matter how how John Mara feels about Odell Beckham, no matter how some in the fan base still feel about Odell Beckham, I I just don't see it. I think it's a topic that uh that you know, some fans like yourself, Alexander, you you want to bring up and you'd you'd like to see Beckham back with the Giants and maybe you never wanted him to go away in the first place. But you've just got to let that go. There's there's no way that I see a reunion happening between Odell Beckham and the New York Giants. Sean Cumming wants to know: Is Wink's aggressive approach to bringing blitzes going to be enough to make up for the lack of depth and talent at cornerback? Sean, that is the uh, that is the major question about the Giants' defense in 2022. Listen, you cannot fix every problem in one offseason. And that goes for any offseason with any team, no matter how much resources you have. It's a salary cap league. It's a free agency league where players can make their own decisions to come and go. It's a league where you have A limited number of draft choices, and only a couple of those guys are going to be impact players initially anyway. You can't fix every problem. The Giants missed out on an opportunity to draft Sauce Gardner, who went number four to the Jets. The Giants took Kayvon Thibodeau, addressed the pass rush, and they're making do the best they can with the cornerbacks that they have. Listen to Dory Jackson's a good player. Darnay Holmes is a good player. The question is, can Aaron Robinson hold up on the outside? And if he can't or if there are injuries, do the Giants have enough depth behind those three players? I do not know the answer to that. The Giants recently signed veteran cornerback Fabian Moreau. They've added a couple of other cornerbacks via waiver claims. Uh, They have Cordell Flott, who they drafted in the third round. So, yes, it's a question mark. And it is the biggest question mark on this Giants defense. It's one that's not going to be answered until we see the games played. But it is the uh, the thing that could make or break this Giants defense is whether the secondary, whether the cornerbacks in particular, can hold up. All right, let's, uh, let's get to a couple more questions here before we get to my interview with uh, Jimmy Morris of SB Nation's Music City Miracles. Adam Seuss wants to know if Daniel Jones proves to not be the long-term starter, do you prefer the giants pursue their next quarterback via free agency trade or by moving up in the draft? Listen, Adam, I prefer that the giants draft their next quarterback. I don't know if they're going to have to move up. Nobody knows if they're going to have to move up. The 2022 season hasn't been played yet. We don't know how many quarterbacks are going to go, let's say, in the top 10. We have no idea where the Giants are going to draft at this point. But I personally would much prefer that the Giants draft and develop a young quarterback of their own. I think that one of the major advantages that that gives you, rather than trading for a guy who already comes in with a high salary, guy you have to give up draft capital to get you know, almost certainly so so that uh, so that makes it more difficult for you to build around that veteran quarterback you also have to pay that guy a heck of a lot of money so you don't have draft capital you have less salary cap room to go out and add players you draft that young quarterback then you've got him on his rookie deal for four or five years you've got salary cap space you still have you know you still have a decent number of your draft picks as i said you might have to give up something if you have to move up but we don't know yet if the giants would have to move up cuz we don't know how the 2022 season's going to unfold but given my choice i much prefer that the giants draft, and develop their own quarterback. If that means that Tyrod Taylor is your starting quarterback in 2023, then that's what it means. Tyrod Taylor is a capable, competent, bridge quarterback, and I would be perfectly okay with that. Riddick Vaughn wants to know, if Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones ball out this year, will it be possible to extend both? Riddick, if the Giants want to do that, I'm sure that they could find a way to do that. I think, though, if I had to guess right now, I think the Giants are going to have to choose one over the other. I think the way that this works, I think in the end, I think the Giants move on from Daniel Jones, go ahead and draft a young quarterback of of Joe Shanes and Brian Dables choosing probably give Saquon Barkley the franchise tag for 2023 and move on from there. All right, Giants fans, that's, uh, that's the, the questions that, that we have from our Facebook uh, brethren today. So hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed those answers. Please remember that our weekly print mailbag will appear on bigblueview.com on saturday morning as it always does so please check that out as well and please subscribe to big blue view radio wherever you listen to podcasts we uh, we always appreciate the support please drop us a comment drop us a rating if you can so even if even if you hurt our feelings we appreciate you taking the time to uh to drop us a comment uh that, that perhaps we can use as constructive criticism. All right, Giants fans, let's take a, a brief break for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. And when I come back, I'll be talking to Jimmy Morris of SB Nation's Music City Miracles.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
1: All right, Giants fans, as we look forward to the Giants week one game against the uh, Tennessee Titans, I'm joined now by SB Nation Tennessee Titans blogger Jimmy Morris of Music City Miracles. Jimmy, how you doing? And uh, thanks for coming on
2: the show. Yeah, man, no problem. I'm doing good. How are you?
1: I'm good. So uh, here we are again with another uh, NFL season upon us finally.
2: Yeah, it feels like it takes forever, especially, I mean, you know, y'all were out last year, and then the Titans had the big lead up to having the bye and then laid the egg in the playoff game. So that that, that kind of stuff feels like it makes off offseason last even longer. So I know that we're ready to get it going. Ryan Tannehill's ready to get it going. So it'll be good to see them back on the field this Sunday.
1: All right, Jimmy, you mentioned it, so let's start right there. Uh, you You know, Tennessee, as you said, laid an egg in the playoffs. And obviously, Ryan Tannehill had a lot to do with that. So, in in your mind or or from what you guys can see and hear, is there any hangover from that with the Titans from, from the way things ended last year?
2: No, I don't think so. I mean, Ryan Tannehill addressed it when they started OTAs. And, I mean, he talked about how he had to go to therapy to get past that loss. And, you know, I, I don't know how closely y'all paid attention to that game. But the Titans were just devastated by injuries last year. I mean, obviously, they were missing Derrick Henry for most of the year. They had, you know, coming into the season, we felt really good about the top two receivers, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Well, Julio didn't hardly play. A.J. was hurt, spent some time on IR, all that stuff. And so then finally, when the you know the Titans had the number one seed in the AFC, had the bye, had the game here, had everybody back. A.J. was there. Julio was there. Derrick Henry, Henry was back. And so everybody was – I mean, just, hey, finally we're going to get to see this team that we thought we were going to have, you know, from week one that had never really – it just didn't, didn't really ever come together. And then Tannehill throws three interceptions. So it was interception on the first play of the game, the last play of the game uh, as far as, you know, the Titans' offensive plays. Um, and honestly, if he, if he only throws two interceptions, they probably win the game. I mean, they sacked Joe Burrow nine times in the game. Defense was, was really, really good. But Tannehill just kind of kept shooting them in the foot. And so anyway, all that to say, he talked about how, it, I mean, you know, he, he took that really hard. He went to therapy, kind of, you know, try to get past that. And he has shown up to this camp with a renewed sense of determination, ready to go, had a much better camp this year than he did last year. So I, I think that they are using that as, you know, fuel to try to get back to that spot. Now, I mean, you know, obviously it's, it's tough for anybody to to be the one seed one year much less two years in a row but I think that they Mike Vrabel does a really good job of kind of pushing his team's focus where it needs to go and so I think he'll do a good job of you know having them fuel that to to motivation this year and you know kind of put in the past not really dwelling on how, how last season ended.
1: Jimmy speaking of Ryan Tannehill it feels you know from the outside like we're coming to the end like we're sort of winding down on Tannehill's time as the uh, as the quarterback in Tennessee we know that that the Titans drafted Malik Willis in the 3rd round we know that he's a project he's not as athletic as he is and as much of a highlight reel as he as he showed to be in the preseason he's not ready to uh, to lead a team to uh, to a deep playoff run or to a Super Bowl, but where are you on Tannehill at this point as Tennessee's quarterback? And am I right that that the clock is sort of uh, that the hourglass, I guess, is is winding down on his time in Tennessee?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, his contract is his contract is set up in a way that they can get out of it after this year. Um, I mean, there's still some dead money there and stuff, but it's not, that they couldn't get out of it before this year, just with, with the, with the contract they gave him a couple of years ago, um, you know, just the dead cap and all that stuff. It, 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 it wasn't possible coming into this season. It is possible going into next year. And I think that the way things are set up now, I, I think you will see a legitimate quarterback competition in the 2023 camp. Um, so I'll have to say, yeah, I do think the time is winding down, but I, Also, I think the best thing for this Titans team this year is for Ryan Tannehill to be the quarterback for all 17 games. Um, You know, I talked about his struggles, obviously, in the playoff game. He struggled last year, really the whole year. The year and a half before that, he had been really good here. Um, Now, that was with Arthur Smith, who was the Titans' offensive coordinator, who, before last season, took the head coaching job with the Atlanta Falcons. So, you you had a change there, um, which I think affected some things. Uh, Todd Downing, who's now the offensive coordinator – uh, it just seemed like things it, – it was really choppy getting going. Now, part of that, again, was coming into the season, he thought he was going to have Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. And I can't remember the number of snaps that all three of them were on the field together last year. But after week one, I mean, it was really minimal. Like, it was just either one was out, two were out, three were out. I mean, th- there were quite a few games where they didn't have any of those three guys. And so, I think all of that kind of played into Tannehill's struggles, I think, going to receivers that he didn't get time with in camp that were coming off the streets. I mean, they had guys playing receiver last year that wouldn't start for more than half of the, it wouldn't be the, probably the third receiver for most of the teams in the league. And that, that was like their one and two last year. So all of that to say I, that did go into the struggles that he had. He has been a very, like I said, he's been a good regular season quarterback. He has struggled in the playoffs. Um, you know, so what well, was it? Two years ago, when they made the when they got the AFC Championship game, um, he made some big plays. They they beat the Patriots in in the wild card round, in the divisional round against the Ravens. They they won that game in Baltimore. Tannehill made two really big plays early in that game, four touchdowns that you know kind of put the game ahead, kind of put the Titans ahead, and then they could lean on Derek Henry the rest of the way. When they went to Kansas City to play in the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs sold out to stop Derek Henry, and Tannehill struggled. The next year, first round of the playoffs, it was here against the Ravens. Um, Tannehill struggled. Henry couldn't get going. Titans lost. So he hasn't been good in the playoffs. He hasn't been able to put the team on his back and win games when teams have taken Derrick Henry away in the playoffs. So that has been a knock against him the whole time he's been here. But the regular season stuff, he's been really good for the most part, with last year kind of the exception. So um, I I think – I mean – They need him to be the guy this year. I think he has the ability, but I do think that they're looking to next year as like, hey, if Malik Willis is ready and he can win that job in camp, I don't think they will hesitate to give it to him.
1: Interesting. Hey, you mentioned Derrick Henry, so let's talk about Henry for a minute. Um, We know, you know what Derrick Henry has been for the Tennessee Titans. We know that last year, you know, he missed basically half of the season with an injury. I mean, he, he looks like a Greek God. You know, you look at pictures of him, you know, this summer, but what are your expectations for Derrick Henry? How long can he continue to be Derrick Henry? The guy that takes the kind of pounding he does carries that kind of workload for Tennessee. I mean, can he continue to be that this year? And how much longer, even past this year, do you think he can keep doing
2: that? Well, I mean, that's the question, right? Because I mean, I think they're counting on him doing that. And they gave him. So, again, it was kind of set up with the way the contracts were structured Um, when they signed, because they signed Henry and Tannehill in the same offseason. And it was kind of set up to where if they wanted to, they could get out of both of those contracts after this season. So, after the 22 season. Um, but this week they gave Henry some extra money. They gave him like $2 million extra million for this year and added void years on to the end of his contract, which really makes it hard for them to cut him after this year. So he's pretty much guaranteed to be here for the next two years, you know, unless something crazy happens. So they apparently feel good about where he is and about what he can do. Um, he, Like you said, he looks great uh, all indications from his, his camp work and, you know, the, everything they saw in the OTAs and that kind of stuff is that he's, he's back and he's ready to go. The concern, obviously, is the amount of carries that he's had, um, his age. I mean, he, he's getting up there, and he's, he's getting to that point to where running backs tend to fall off the cliff. It, it's generally not a slow decline for those guys, right? I mean, it's like they're, they're good one year and they're bad the next. Um, I, we'll see. I mean, we don't know what the, the, what the long-term ramifications of that foot injury that he had last year are going to be. Um, it's an injury where you know if if typically if guys have been able to take ten weeks to recover from it, they've been able to come back and pretty much perform like they did before. Henry was able to do that with the fact that the Titans let him basically sit out. He, he probably could have come back in the week seventeen game or week eighteen game last year, um, but the Titans were fairly confident that they were going to win that game against the Texans and then get the bye, and so that would give him two extra weeks of rest. So they were able to do that and then bring him back. He wasn't effective in the playoff game. Uh, But again, I I don't know if that was just rust or was it decline. We'll see. But I think that they are confident in what he's able to do. And this offense is still set up to run through him. And and quite frankly, if they can't run the offense through, through him this year, I'm concerned about how the offense is going to go because they have a lot of question marks with the pass catchers and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you know, a long-winded answer there to say I don't know. Um, It's a fear just because of the data that we have on guys that have had, you know, the the 270 carries, that kind of stuff. And, I mean, Henry's had that repeatedly. But he is a a physical freak. He he has defied all the the metrics and stuff that you would put on guys so far. And so we'll kind of have to see early in the season how things go to see where he is on kind of that aging curve.
1: All right, Jimmy, what uh you know, you're looking at an AFC where, as you said, Tennessee had the number one seed a year ago, but you're looking at an AFC which is really, really deep. You still have you have Buffalo, you have Kansas City, you have a really good AFC West. There's a lot of really, really good teams in the in the AFC. When you think about Expectations for Tennessee for 2022. I mean, where's the dividing line for you between a good season and a not so good season for the Titans this year?
2: Uh, they need to win the division. Uh, I, that's obviously, you know, that, that's what they're going to say. That's where it starts. But I think for this team, that is really important. Um, the Colts are, I, I think, really the only team that can challenge them there and i just i don't think the colts are going to be much better than they were last year um and so i, I think the titans in my in my opinion they they're favorites to win the division but like you said when you look at some of the additions that the other teams made in the offseason um you know and and these teams are already good right i mean like you said, buffalo with josh allen that that offense is obviously really good their defense is good as well um, you know, Russell Wilson coming to the AFC, Devontae Parker coming to the yeah, AFC. I mean, there's just all these different guys, Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams goes the AFC. All these guys, all these teams that, that upgraded and the Titans didn't. I mean, you, you think about they lost A.J. Brown, they signed Robert Woods. I mean, you could maybe consider that a wash, but you lost Julio Jones, who, I mean, obviously didn't end up being good here. But on paper, at the beginning of the year, you thought he was going to be good. They replaced him with a first-round draft pick that's had some issues. I mean, I think he's still going to be good, but it it was kind of up and down. So, I'm not sure how much better the Titans have gotten this year. Um, And there have been teams in the AFC that have definitely gotten better. So, it's going to be interesting to see where they fall. I, I, by no means, would consider them the favorites in the AFC at this point. I do think they're the favorites in the AFC South. And so, you know, you win the division, you get to host a playoff game, kind of see how things go from there. But I, I think anything, anything less than winning the division, making the playoffs, anything less than that is not a good season because they have a group that has done that for multiple or that has made the playoffs multiple years in a row. And there's no reason they should be taking a step back from that.
1: All right. Hey, last question for you today. And I don't want to get into asking you for game predictions and all of that because yeah, that's that's boring you know I mean, that's let's <laughs> let's not do that i mean we actually did some of that in the five questions segment and uh so folks will be able to read that at bigblueview.com jimmy answered uh five questions for me and that'll run uh that'll run on thursday or friday at big blue view i'm not sure which day at this point i believe thursday But uh, look forward to that anyway. But, Jimmy, what I did want to ask you, we talked about expectations for the Titans. I'm always interested in outside viewpoints on the Giants. I mean, this is a franchise that's tied with the Jets for the worst record in football over the last five years, five straight double-digit losing seasons. As you approach this week one game, just what is the outside viewpoint on the Giants? I mean, first of all, I assume that, that you know, Tennessee fans have this one chalked up as a W, but what, uh, what, is, what do you think about when you, when you look at this team?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I think the concern, if you're Mike Vrabel and his staff, is that you have a new coach, right? And you have a, a, a guy in Brian Dayball that has been a, a really good offensive coach. I mean, I'm an Alabama fan, so I've followed him from the time he was at Alabama. Went to Buffalo. The guy can obviously coach offense, right? And so, what can he get out of a? I mean, in my mind, I don't know anything about you know the offensive line, but when you look at the the skill positions for the Giants, I mean, they're really good. I, you know, I would take I would take their receiver room over ours probably, um, or at least you know I, I'd take a I'd take a Kenny Galladay if we could have him, but. Um, you know, what, what are they going to do on offense that you're not expecting? What is, what ball is going to be able to do with Daniel Jones? Um, because I, there's, uh, you know, there's obviously some talent there. It hasn't been maximized to this point. So, you know, I, I think that, it, you know, t- like, I, like I said, from now as I'm looking in, I, I'd be excited about what he's going to be able to do with that group because there's obviously a lot of good talent there. So um, that that would be – if I were Vrabel and kind of looking at that, it's like, okay, what what can we expect from their offense? Because the, the Titans' defense is, is going to be good. Now, they lost Harold Landry this past week with, with an ACL injury. That's a huge blow for this team because he was a very important part of what they do. But I still think they're going to have a good defense. But that would be my concern is can we stop this Giants' offense? What are they going to do that we're not expecting? That type of stuff. And so, I mean, I would be excited just from, like I said, the standpoint of You've got talented guys there. You've now got a coach that is going to – that has proven that he can maximize offensive talent. So, you know, I, I, would, I would say they're, they're a little bit of a wild card to compete in, you know, an NFC East that I don't think is necessarily really strong. Um, can they make a run there and, and be a factor in that? So, um, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch what they do. Like I said, because I've followed Dayball for a while now and, and just, just the, all the stuff that he's been able to do. So I, I'm intrigued by what he's able to get out of a group that seems to have a lot of talent.
1: Well, it'll it'll be an improvement uh, if if the Giants don't call back-to-back quarterback sneaks, you know, from their from the three-yard <laughs> line. So, so uh, yeah, I think I think we're all uh, anxious to see that as well. Jimmy, thank you very very much for the time. We appreciate it. Uh, Giants fans, again, check out the uh, the five questions that that Jimmy and I did, and check out the. Uh, the titans viewpoint on giants titans this week over at musiccitymiracles.com so jimmy thanks again and uh, and we'll be talking to you soon
2: yes yeah, sounds good thanks for having me all right take care
1: giants fans that's our show for today we thank you as always for listening please remember to subscribe to big blue view radio wherever you listen to podcasts check us out on bigblueview.com on 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 our facebook channel on our instagram page follow us on twitter at big blue view wherever you uh, wherever you consume information you can find uh, giants related content so so please do that and uh, giants fans thank you as always for listening stay safe out there take care of each other and we'll talk to you soon bye-bye
2: support for this show
1: comes from fundrise buy low sell high it's easy to say hard to do